Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is Forbidden Speech, The Raw Truth, with your host, Christina Rivera. In this savvy broadcasting series, we delve into hot topics affecting us all. With cancel culture and big tech censoring any opposing ideas and thoughts outside of mainstream ideology, it has become more important than ever that we tell the raw truth about everything from U.S. world politics, COVID, Christianity, and everything in between. We invite all points of view to come and share their perspective honestly and respectfully. Hi, Professor Hardaway. Welcome back to Savvy Broadcasting, Forbidden Speech, The Raw Truth. I'm so grateful to have you back. We're going to talk about a touchy subject that's been really uh, touchy this past year, and that is what happened on January 6th. It was the certification of this past election, and there are a good many people who were upset uh, about what um, what transpired and felt maybe the election wasn't up and up on their side and they felt like oh i'm going to go out there and this is the day we're going to make it happen but you're going to share with our audience that legally january 6th is not a day where we kind of do anything different with the election or fix it it's actually a done deal at that point um and and really you're going to talk more to that but we're going to talk about if someone or people are not happy with results there is a process for that and how would they go about that so i'll give you the floor all right. Well, the, the fact that it is a minor footnote in terms of the process of electing a president, mm-hmm. I think, can be confirmed if you would ask your um, readers or, or watchers mm-hmm. um, if they've ever even heard of a date of January 6th. I don't think it's on anybody's radar. Okay. And uh, the fact that it was made by the media into a kind of a media event I think says a lot about the importance of it. In fact, it has almost no importance. Um, Let me let me do a little bit of history here as to why it is even a date at all Mm -hmm. uh, on the radar of our system, uh, presidential election system. Goes Mm -hmm. back to the year 1876. Now, in 1876, uh, the election was somewhat of a disaster because it was in the post Civil War period. And many of the southern states uh, had were 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 trying to get rid of the uh, 
troops in the South, and they were starting to uh, discriminate against, well, not to start discriminating, but, but really um, using their, their newfound power as members of the union, the Southern states controlled by Democrats, um, the elections in their states in the 1876 election uh, were, were, were horrible. The, the blacks uh, were prevented from going to the polls um, there was widespread violence keeping Blacks from the polls. And so the New York Times and some other newspapers looked at this and said, this, this, this election, uh, there, it's, there's, there's some real questions about it. And mm -hmm. so what they did was um, they said that if all of the electoral votes in the South were cast for the Democratic candidate, uh, then the the election would be won by a Democrat, but it would be in their in their view uh, invalid because of all the violence uh, against African Americans in mm -hmm. those states. Mm -hmm. And so what happened was um, the only way to resolve it in the end was to have a commission. So the 1876 election actually was uh, the the president was determined not by any kind of counting of ballots or electoral votes in Congress. It was. Uh, passed by a commission that was supposedly bipartisan, but really wasn't. Mm -hmm. And they elected uh, the the um, Republican candidate candidate because of all the violence that had occurred. And in the aftermath of that election, the, the uh, Congress said, we got to prevent this from happening ever again. And so they passed uh, a statute, which is still really in, a, in, in effect, which, which laid out what we now, what we've been using over the past uh, 150 years, it is this, that each state, ever since 1876, mm -hmm. um, each state uh, can decide how to allocate electors. Well, let me go back even a little further back to the Constitutional Convention. Mm -hmm. The Constitutional, the Constitution says very little uh, about how a president is elected, other than it will be determined by electoral votes, and that every state can determine how they're going to uh, cast their electoral votes and the method upon which they're going to determine uh, how they're cast. So each state has the absolute authority under the Constitution to determine how electoral votes are determined. And every state since 1876 has decided to leave it to the people of their state. Before that, some states allowed the legislators to, to choose the electors. Mm -hmm. And the whole system of elect, the electoral college uh, is based on the grand compromise that created the United States of America. Because, in, because at the time of the Constitutional Convention, even George Washington, who felt dragooned into even appearing at the Constitutional Convention, because he said it was hopeless, mm -hmm. because the small states are never going to agree to a Congress that is based purely on population, because that means the small states would be marginalized. And, and the big states said, no, it should be based on population because we want Pennsylvania, New York, and Virginia and the big states to rule the roost. So there, was no, there couldn't be a compromise. And the Constitutional Convention was on the verge of, 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 of not happening. The Constitutional Convention was on the verge of breakdown. And it was, it was Benjamin Franklin who at the last minute came up with a 
dramatic opportunity for a compromise. He said, let's do both. Let's have a Congress that is based not only on population, that'll be the House of Representatives, but also every state equal, because that's what all the small states were insisting upon. And that was the grand compromise that created the United States of America. The second prong of that compromise was that the electoral votes would be would uh, allocated to each state would be based on the equal representation in the Senate. Every state gets two uh, electoral votes based on their Senate, the number of senators they have, which does not exactly jive with population. But if this compromise had not been reached, we wouldn't have the United States of America. We'd be very much like South America because at the time, uh, New York and Pennsylvania were gonna form their own country. The small states were gonna form their own country. We'd be very much like South America. Hmm. All right, so each state under the constitution uh, gets two electoral votes for the number of senators. Every state gets at least two, regardless of population. And they get one representative based on, pop for, depending on how much population they have. So that, but each state is allowed to determine how they're going to allocate their electoral votes. And since 1876, every state says we're going to leave it up to the people in our in our state. Mm -hmm. the, the statute that was passed in the aftermath of the 1876 election basically laid out the process, which is that the governors of each state will certify what uh, the, the election of the electors by the people in the state. They will certify that and they will send that certification to Congress. Now, it would have been much wiser in, in, in retrospect if, they, if that had been the final, the final determination. Once the governors certify the election, that is it, all right? Yeah. But yeah. Congress couldn't resist in the statute <laughs> saying, well, we'd still like to, to go through the ministerial task of counting up your votes. Now, in those days, they didn't have calculators, but you had to do a little bit of arithmetic. And that's what the Congress was expected to do. They would count out three electoral votes, say, from, uh, from Wyoming, and uh, seven electoral votes, say, from, from another state, and they would make the calculation. And then they'd say, oh, we counted it up, and guess who got the most electoral votes? Okay, mm -hmm. so it was very simple. But Congress then added a clause, which is the source of all this problem that arose in on January sixth. Mm -hmm. And what what that clause says that Congress, in counting the votes, must determine whether or not the votes were were certified by the by the the governor of each state in accordance with their own state laws. Mm -hmm. That's and so they use this unfortunate phrase that Congress can determine whether the votes have been regularly given. But that clause was always understood until the media got into the act uh, you know, on January 6th of the year before last. It was always considered to be regularly given, meaning given in accordance with each state's laws. And each state says that we're gonna allow the people of our state to elect, to determine the electors. But now Congress, uh, but some people have said, well, maybe the phrase regularly given doesn't mean that it was regularly given according to the laws of each state. Maybe it means that Congress can second guess the states <laughs> as to whether they have done their job properly. That's not what it was ever meant to be. It was mm -hmm. meant to be a ministerial task of tabulation. Okay. And so can I, just to clarify for myself. So understanding it once the 
um, governors certify, it goes to Congress. Basically, they're just doing a counter of yes. every single state. They boom. didn't have calculators here, there, but they-, yeah. but they We count these good. puppies up and at the end, okay, based on all the counting, here's the president and, and that's it. But now it was said, okay, they're going to determine what the state meant, but they didn't do that on January 5th. They just um, counted up the votes, didn't they? What, what they basically. said was, what they said was, they looked at that phrase in the statute mm -hmm. that was mm -hmm. passed in the aftermath of the 1876 election, mm -hmm. which said that Congress can determine whether the votes were, quote, this is the, the problem phrase, regularly given. Hmm. And it was all has always been understood as meaning that if Congress thinks that a state did not certify their electoral votes in accordance with that state's laws mm -hmm. that they they didn't have to supposedly uh, they didn't have to accept it now mm -hmm. it was only when one person in the senate or the house said oh i don't think this state uh mm -hmm. were, were, were were in compliance with their own state laws and so therefore they could they could cause the whole congress to have to vote on this but that's never happened Wow. Uh, at okay. most, you've had maybe one or two say, oh, they weren't regularly given because mm -hmm. because some congressperson says, well, I don't I think there was fraud in this particular mm -hmm. election. Well, that's not Congress's authority. They have mm -hmm. no authority under the Constitution to determine that each state is is given the power under Article two to determine mm -hmm. the manner in which they uh, appoint their electors. Okay. The only, the only question Congress has to ask is, did the state follow its own laws? Now, uh, from the people of a particular state, they've hired these representatives. They work on behalf of us, and they're our voice, the people's voice. So um, if the representative for the state of Philadelphia or Pennsylvania feel it's not accurate, what is the next steps for that state to, to do, the representatives, to to decide, okay, I'm not really happy with the results, what do they do? What is, by law, what are they supposed to do well, or, yeah. The way that the, that the, that the statute in question was, was, was drafted, mm -hmm. that is up to the governor to determine of each governor. state. Okay. They certify it. Once okay. they certify it, that is it. Boom. That the only thing left for Congress, because they're not even supposed to get their mitts into this election <laughs> at all. Under the Constitution, there's nothing that says that Congress can approve the votes uh, mm. of the electoral votes. It's okay. the states determine that. And the only job of Congress mm. is to is to is to count them up. Mm. Which they could do, uh, they could just do by, if you have a calculator, you can count up three plus seven plus 13 plus 22. It's an mm -hmm. easy task. Yeah. And the, but they've, they've loved, uh, and on January 6th, there were some people who claimed, well, maybe that clause doesn't refer to that the votes, that the electoral votes were certified in accordance with the state of, of the laws of each state. Maybe mm -hmm. it means that we have the opportunity to second guess the governors as to whether mm -hmm. it followed its own laws. That makes it messy for sure. And they said, we're going to, we have a chance, we, we can't, we don't have to tabulate them if they weren't regularly given. Well, to determine whether a vote is regularly, uh, if you if you allow Cong if you interpret that to say Congress can second guess each of the fifty elections in each state, and demand recounts and so forth and so on, saying there's the fraud, it would take years. 
And that's why certainty is so important. And I hope that any further legislation that comes from Congress will, will clarify what that term regularly given means. It does not mean that they were, that each state was free of fraud uh, okay. or anything like that. Only that whether or not the governor's certified. And that's it. People okay. can go to bed that night saying yeah. you've got and a boom. new president. It's done. It's done. And normally in the past, it's always been by, you know, 11 or midnight, boom, here's the result and we go forward. And yeah, we've, yeah. we've been spoiled. We don't even worry about the Electoral College meeting no. uh, in December. We don't even worry about that. We never have worried about that. It's usually a done deal by that. Now, usually a footnote on the back page. Exactly. Oh, by the way, the electors met. And the electoral call, and the votes were tab, the votes have been tabulated, and so and so is president. And, and by most people think, well, didn't we elect a president on the first Tuesday in November? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Now, if the rare chance where a state governor says, "Okay, I'm not happy with the way things went about," and he wanted a challenge before certification, what would be his process or her process? Well, if they don't certify by the date that it has to be certified in the statute. Then yeah. it doesn't count. They don't. Their electoral votes won't be in the mix. Boom. So they're just not. They don't that's count. That's why the, the okay. That's why the governors will, are certain to 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 certify. Yeah. That has to be the certainty. Certainty is more important. Nothing yeah. is 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 more destructive to democracy than to have disputes as to who won the election. In the 1960 yeah. election, the mm -hmm. votes in each state were were so. Um, the total votes mm -hmm. were, 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 were very close to each other. There, there was yeah. a one hundredth of one percent difference, and and uh, the media over the years has created this illusion that there's some kind of popular vote. There mm -hmm. is no popular vote. People now do not vote for a presidential candidate. They do it like in England. We mm -hmm. vote for electors. In, in England, yeah. they call them members of parliament. The members of parliament then go into the parliament and they choose yeah. the leader. That's the way we do it here as well. The only reason that we have a separate electoral college, separate from Congress, is because the drafters of the Constitution wanted separation of powers. Yeah. They did not want us to be in like England, where the president, the, the, the executive branch was beholden to the legislative branch that on moment's notice, they could simply fire the fire the leader and say yeah. we vote of no confidence. We didn't want that. We wanted separation of powers. That's why we have a separate. The Electoral College is a foundation stone of the balance of power. That the fact that we have three independent branches of government so that no branch has overweening power of the other. Legislators, pass legislation. They do not elect the president. Um, and in, in, in countries like UK, uh, yeah. the, the, elect, the, the legislators elect the president. Yeah. And so you don't vote for a presidential candidate. Look, look next time you go in the voting booth, yeah. uh, you, there, in big print, it'll, it'll say uh, you're voting for Donald Trump or, or Hillary yeah. Clinton. Yeah. And so you think that you're voting for, you're not, you're doing it just like they do in England. You're voting for electors, a guy named Joe Blow who says, I promise you under oath that if you vote for me as your elector, I will go to the Electoral College and vote for Hillary Clinton. I promise yeah. to do that. But yeah. are, can those, can those um, oaths be enforced? In half the states, they can't. Mm -hmm. In many states, just like in England, the electors or the members of parliament in England can vote for whoever they want to. And that's why I've always proposed that they re be required. In Colorado, of course, we have a law that says the um, uh, the electors 
have to vote for the candidate they promised mm -hmm. to vote for. But mm -hmm. but the media has created this illusion. This crazy. That there's some kind of pop, some kind of popular yeah. vote for a candidate. Nothing's mm -hmm. further from the truth. And in 1960, um, some of the electors in some of the southern states uh, didn't require their electors to mm -hmm. promise to vote for anybody. They were unpledged. So how do you count popular votes? There's no way. Yeah. But if you had to count popular votes, which is some of the people who want to undermine the whole electoral process, mm -hmm. undermine federalism, have come up with the scheme that each state will vote for the popular vote, but there mm -hmm. is no popular vote. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, and what people forget is the idea of, of uh, you know, one vote, one person, get rid of this whole thing. We'll just make it all popular again. Oh, those people are the same people that want to abolish the U.S. Senate. They where do. Legislation yeah. is passed every year, mm -hmm. uh, not every two, uh, every hundred years or so. We get a hypothetical popular vote that doesn't exist, that mm -hmm. doesn't jive with the electoral vote. And so they're very upset about that when it happens once every 200 years mm -hmm. or once every 100 years or so. Yeah. Uh, but they don't get a lot of people say, oh, I wouldn't abolish the Senate when that's where a state like Wyoming voters there have a greater uh, 10 times the, the impact on mm -hmm. legislation as voters in California. And the only solution to that is to abolish the Senate. But the drafters of the Constitution knew that somebody might try to undermine the grand compromise that created yeah. the United States. So they put into Article 5 that you can't abolish the Senate upon which the Electoral College is based unless mm -hmm. every state agrees. And that's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. yeah. Because if it did happen, that would mean California would get, say, 42 senators. Wyoming would be lucky to get one senator. And yeah. Wyoming is not going to agree to that. Yeah. So it's all hypothetical. It's yeah. all hype. It's all hype. And, and I love that you're coming out here and basing facts on the table because there's so much animosity on all sides. And no, I'm right. You're wrong. La, la, la. And then we just disappoint. It doesn't solve anything. And, and what's most concerning, as you as you mentioned, is the confidence in the system. If we lose all confidence, it's over as a country. We cannot lose confidence in the process and the way it's set up and that it allows us to be represented and for our voice to be heard through our representatives. And a large reason for that, for, for that axe that comes that comes along the lines of this, the last couple of presidential elections, mm -hmm. is because the misunderstanding of the word of the word of the word regularly given in the statute. Mm -hmm. um, certainty is more important than anything else. To go through all the alleged fraud and can take years. They said in 1960, uh, Nixon conceded the, the election, even though there was fraud in, 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 mm -hmm. uh, in Illinois or alleged fraud, mm -hmm. maybe even fraud in Texas. But it would have they said it would have taken at least two or three years for the court cases to go through. In the meantime, you need a president. You need to have somebody who is responsible and who is, who is considered to be a legitimate winner. Even mm -hmm. if there has been some fraud somewhere, you got the solution is not to say, Say, well, we're going to hold the whole election in limbo for three years without a leader. That's not the solution. That's what some people want. They say if there's been any fraud, you don't go by the certification of the governors, which should be abs considered absolutely final. And the January 6th, all they do is count the votes. Mm -hmm. That's the way it, that's the way it should be. But instead, yeah. they think, oh, that we'll go through court cases. In 2000, they were going, th they were doing all these court cases and so forth, because they were determining whether the the electors in Florida were were were, were properly okay. um, yeah. elected. Well, 
that could have if imagine having to do that in all 50 states mm -hmm. which is what these people want to abolish the senate abolish the electoral college mm -hmm. they think that would be great mm -hmm. Any future legislation should take out that phrase regularly given because it's been misinterpreted so badly. Mm. When, the, when, the, when the governors certify the electoral votes, that's it. Mm. If you wanna complain about fraud or something, then you go through the three or four year process and make sure that's cleaned up by the next election. Mm. But you need certainty because nothing is more destructive. If you look back in history, the Roman empire didn't fall so much because of outside invaders. It's because the, the, the whole empire was weakened because of these disputes about um, who was gonna be the next emperor. Oh. And they would have civil wars on this that would go on constantly, which ultimately destroyed it. We have to have certainty. The only way is to say in a, in a statute, a new statute says the words regularly given only means regularly given in accordance with the, the governor's certification as to how the electors were chosen in their state. And that's mm -hmm. it. If governors don't certify, their votes don't count. I can guarantee you that every governor will certify the election. <laughs> and if there's any kind of fraud going on, you have four years to figure that one out before the next election. Yeah. In the meantime, you need a president. Exactly. And everyone, don't forget, we have local community and state government, which plays just uh, as big a role, if not bigger, for your everyday life. So don't forget that everyone just like, president, the biggest election ever, I'll just go for the president election or the mayor. There's so many, uh, you need to pay attention to all the elections. And uh, I really thank you, uh, Dr. Hardaway, for coming again to share this um, great information, hopefully in enlightens people so that we stop fighting amongst each other in the country and work together to realize that we're one country and we want to stay that way, but we need to be knowledgeable and have wisdom of what, about what's really going on. If I could do one thing um, before yeah. we leave, um, mm -hmm. I've written a book explaining all those out. I've, I've yes, covered share. in our little 30 minute session, um, <laughs> uh, you know, facts and history that, mm -hmm. that some people say, well, I want it more detailed. Um, I've written a, 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 a number of books. I've been sp spending my whole life on the history uh, and the law uh, that, that pertains to the Electoral College. And any uh, money I get, I used to buy more of these books to give to legislators who are considering undermining federalism, mm -hmm. uh, pursuing this, this illusion that, that, you've, that there's a, such a thing as a popular vote in this country, mm -hmm. when in fact the Constitution doesn't mention anything about popular votes. It says every state uh can determine the electors and every state has said we're going to determine the electors based on the popular vote in our state not somebody else's state but in our state let me get to the book yeah if they happen to um uh, you can get this book it's saving the electoral college it doesn't really need to be saved because because it's not going to happen uh, uh there, you're not going to get every state in the union to agree to abolish the senate which would of course uh, also get rid abolish of their the electoral college um, and if you don't understand that connection, uh, this is the book, okay? Yeah. Um, it's called uh, Saving the Electoral College, Why the Hypothetical National Popular Vote Would Undermine Democracy. And you can get that on, on Amazon. Awesome. Well, I, I thank you again, Professor Hardaway, for coming. This has been brilliant. Uh, thank you so much for coming to Forbidden Speech, The Raw Truth. Have a wonderful day. And if you ever like any any follow up on any of these issues that are relating to this, please give me a call because okay. so many people don't understand the electoral college, they don't understand our federal system, mm -hmm. and they are misled by the media that says 
at the bottom of the screen, oh, there's a popular vote for such and such a candidate, all yeah. hype and, and yeah. all illusory. Yeah. And that, you know what I say? More importantly, I had someone on recently that said that would solve a lot of these problems is take your emotion out of it. Uh, so many people get riled up about what they're seeing on news or whatever, and they let that rile them up. Uh, they think there's on. such a thing as a popular vote that they, they, there's still people in this country who think when they go in the voting booth, they're voting for a presidential candidate. They are not. Yeah, and, and, the, are not, and half the states, the electors are not even bound to vote for a particular candidate. Yeah, yeah, and if people find out what's really, um, you know, or get knowledgeable on what's really going on, they'll feel more empowered, uh, less emotional, and scared about what's going on, and know that okay, I have a piece in this, and if I don't like what's going on, I can vote for new legislation, like you were talking about, make it more clear. But you can only do that if you're aware, you're knowledgeable, and you can write into your senator congressman or whatever properly on what needs to happen and maybe send a wonderful copy of your book to them uh, your local i will i do and yeah. i it's so important that they understand that the electoral college and the senate which are tied together in this grand compromise that created the united states of america is what has kept this country together yeah uh, there was the civil war where it was challenged but in every other instance that's what's kept this country together and why we have one nation rather than 10 different nations mm -hmm. like they have, say, in South America. And what's also, I, I don't think people understand, some people are like, great, let's just break up. We'll be a million different countries. We'll be, you know, but, you know, they have How to realize- that worked out? How has that worked out for South America? Yeah, not very well, <laughs> you know. So uh, part of our prosperity has been the fact that we've been one country and a, um, a country of prosperity, but we can't do that when we're all little bits and pieces fighting against each other. So again, I thank you, uh, Professor Hardaway. That's what, we're on the, that's what we're on the verge of. I gave a lecture to the Rhodes Scholars recently, and I said the two important provisions of our constitution are number one, the electoral college, which should give us certainty, and number two, the interstate commerce clause, why we can, why we're such a, a rich country, because yeah. we have a coordinated economy where we yes. can trade between the states. Yes. Well, I'm going to have to let you go. Okay. It's been wonderful connecting with you, and thank you so much for sharing your great wisdom today. Have a wonderful day. Like, subscribe, and share this episode. To listen to more savvy episodes and savvy biz tips, go to www.lifeunscriptedradio.com. To find out about our paid sponsorship opportunities or how to become a guest, email Christina at lifeunscriptedradio.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 